Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about mothers and daughters and the importance of an authentic connection. My name is Lucy Good, and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today I have not one, but two wonderful ladies on my podcast, mother and daughter Maxime and Sarita from Maximum U. Um, Now Maxime is a mum of the team and is a holistic health coach, speaker and author who empowers women to access their true well-being potential through mind, body integration, essential oils and food as medicine. Sarita, who's Maxime's daughter, is a transformation specialist guiding women to rewrite their stories and find their authentic power so they are comfortable being who they really are. Maxime and Sarita felt that by combining their skills, they could serve women from an all-encompassing level because when you really think about it, everything we do is connected. Our relationships, our physical well-being, our financial well-being, our level of joy, satisfaction, connection, and purpose. So pull these two ladies together and you have their business, Maximum You. Uh, But particularly enlightening to us today in this podcast is how they connect on a mother-daughter level and how important this connection is for all mothers and daughters. Welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Maxime and Sarita. Thank you. It's lovely to have two people on here so we can really get stuck into this um, topic. It's usually one-on-one. But look, this is a particularly interesting chat for me because I have two little girls, or not so little anymore. They're actually 12 and 15. So yes, I am dipping my toe into the teenage years. Um, Sarita, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 49. You're 49. So yeah, you're around the same age as me. So social media wasn't really part of your life as you were growing up. Um, you were kind of lucky, I would say, lucky enough to miss that phase. What I would agree with, I would agree with you completely. Yes, we didn't, we didn't have that at all. Yeah, so, so it's I interesting having the conversation today, isn't it? Because yeah. we almost can't relate to children growing up because we didn't have social media. So it's very difficult, isn't it, to understand what they're going through. Mm, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, Um, and yeah, I feel very lucky that I didn't have it and that, you know, we actually had a life. We were doing different things um, as we were growing up and not totally connected to our devices. In fact, my 12-year-old's phone broke this morning. So that (laughs) that kind of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, I just couldn't believe it. it was fully charged last night, woke up this morning and it won't turn on. So we've had a huge drama. The thought of her having to go through a whole day without her phone at 12 is a huge issue, which is crazy, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. And I was only just talking to Maxime about it, you know, how we used to communicate, which was, you know, you made an appointment, picked up the phone, left and the person was just going to be there. There wasn't, you know, five text messages going back and forth or social media, I'm here, I'm coming, you know, I've arrived. Mm. Yeah, you actually get to take a break from people, don't you, if you don't have social media. It's an extremely difficult thing um, for our kids growing up today. But look, um, I've got some questions for you. Um, So my first one is very simple. 
how important is a loving bond between mother and daughter? Look, we believe it's, well, I believe it's critical. Um, I guess having adult children now, we, we just don't realise how much we, have, we influence them um, and how much they model of us. So if we're, we're not sharing or showing them, you know, for instance, how to love, it's, it's something they potentially might find challenging um, in their own journeys. So, yeah, we, we do have a lot of responsibility and I think the interesting bit is there is no handbook for it. So you do the best you can with the resources you've got at the time. And, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that's, you know. Yeah, and I think from the daughter perspective, you know, the mum is the nurturer, whether we, you know, of course, men and women play different roles, especially in these days. But biologically speaking, the mother is the one that provides the life and, you know, brings the child into the world. So that love is so important. It's one of our first experiences of that. And if we're not exposed to that connection, um, you know, it can have challenges for both mothers and daughters as we move throughout life. I mean, it's much it's not just about the everyday things is it it's much deeper than that and it affects how we behave today and later on in our lives as well so it is that important isn't it Mm. and if you lose the connection like it was in our case it does have um further ramifications further down the path that you know we've been very fortunate to restore and and get reconnected but we see a lot of that not happening and that's often because there's not they haven't got the resource to tap into and, and find, you know, good strategies that they can work on and with together. It's incredibly sad as well when that connection isn't there. And I think it is with any family members where something goes wrong and they go through a lot of their life not connecting because they haven't managed to work out how to reconnect or put their problems behind them. And it's a sad thing to see, isn't it? It is. And for us, it was a period of five years that it took us to, you know, we knew we loved each other, but there were just big gaps and we we didn't know how to fix them. And the more we tried, the more resistance we created and the more we disconnected. Mm. So it was really important for us to find a, a softer way of, you know, how maybe, you know, we always go to the verbal side of things. We want to talk things out and through and especially in this time and age but I think it's also a little bit the expectation if you've had an experience in your relationship of how something was you know relationships evolve and transform just like everything else and if we hold on to the expectation of how something was and we don't allow ourselves to grow into the next phase that also kind of places a big burden on you on how you think you need to behave or what they think what you think someone else needs rather than just allowing that to have been and going okay well what can we take from that and then how can we move forward to something new potentially that's such a brilliant point and that's even from the stage that I'm at at the moment moving through from sort of having little girls to having young teenagers Mm -hmm. Um, the things that (laughs) the things that my daughters used to find really funny that I did they now think are ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) and it's you know and you can't help but feeling a little bit hurt by these things (laughs) I used to be able to you know 
say say something in that funny voice and, and they'd always laugh but I do it now and I get an eye roll <laughs> and you can't help but feel um hurt by that but exactly as you say and I mean that's this is I'm talking very low level um not such a deep thing as when something goes wrong in a relationship but that's when you have to say to yourself okay that is not working anymore because these, these children are growing and they're changing they're evolving and so I have to change as a mother to be yeah. able to connect with them and that's just a constant thing that goes right through from your children being really young through to adulthood isn't it and I think it's you're absolutely right you know we think about it as change rather than adjusting with it um, and opportunity to create something new Mm, and when we can look at it from that perspective it becomes a little bit more exciting and you know um, how can you bring some fun into the conversation around that change? Because I think for us, what mum mentioned before is like, you know, really lightening it up. It can be easy to make it super deep and heavy all of the time and want to talk things out and want to you know, understand why it happened in a certain way. And it's kind of like, well, is that really the best use of your time and your energy is maybe just looking at ways that you can work with what you've got right now, as opposed to looking at what was. Yes, exactly. And reaching them on their level as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Look, I know that your business, Maximum You, is very big on empowerment and self-worth for women, which is great because that's exactly what I'm about with my business. Um, so how can we encourage our daughters to feel empowered even from a young age? I think in hindsight, the biggest thing is for us to show them that we're human too. So we can lead by example and show them how to do things for themselves. That's really great. Um, teaching them really good life skills and, and the joy that can be found in looking after themselves and their bodies. So without judgment, I think that's really, really important. And, you know, we just have to be, I guess, a little bit mindful about how we turn up. So the language that we use, the words that we use, if we're, you know, not being nice to ourselves, that will reflect on our children. And one of the things that I found always really interesting is if I gave them responsibilities, it's sort of like, you know, I was treating them like small adults and they felt really included. So it's that inclusivity um, and, you know, reinforcing that you're there for them and that you've got their backs by simply showing up and, and not having judgment and that probably that's one of the hardest things to do um, I found as they were transitioning like you are right now is to build that trust so they could come to me no matter what and knowing that they could tell me anything and that there would be no judgment even though internally sometimes I would think hmm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think that's a really key word here isn't it is judgment because yeah. I think children are being judged all the time, going back to social media, it's you know, the pictures they put on there and the comments that they get and they're always judging other people. Um, they need to have a space to come to where there is no judgment and it needs to be a safe space and it needs to come from the parents. Um, but it is hard because Certainly, again, as they're getting a little bit older, um, well, even when they're younger, it's as simple as, you know, when they start choosing their own outfits to, to wear out. And you sometimes look at them and think, that just, you know, you look ridiculous in what you're wearing. That 
they, you know, that skirt doesn't go with that top. But and you want to say something, but you can't, can you? You've got to just let them go in what they think's right. So it's a little bit of tongue biting, I suppose, there as well. Yeah, because you want to build their confidence. I know from growing up, you know, myself, it's like you need to be able to trust yourself and the choices that you make. And sometimes they do come with repercussions, but you need to go through that process to understand that action results in, you know, X, Y, Z outcome, but you don't understand what's going to come from that if you don't actually experience it. So you've got to trust yourself to make decisions and choices um, and that, you know, if it doesn't go in a particular way that you do have a mum or someone that you can fall back on and have that conversation with. But you've got to trust that you know or that that you can build that confidence within yourself to make choices and decisions yeah. without yeah. caring about what everyone else is saying. You've got to be able to, you know, come from a space that feels right for you. And if we can foster that from an early age, that just puts them so ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've often, you know, one of the things that I did a lot of, I would share my stories about what had happened, you know, when I was growing and, you know, that I wasn't always um, very good, <laughs> that mm. I did things that, you know, probably my, if my mum had known about that, she would have cringed, but I was very open with the, the sharing side of things. So mm. just to, as I was seeing them head towards the next level of, you know, aging maturity, I would go like, well, this is potentially what they could be exposed to. So I'll throw a little story in there just to remind mm-hmm. them that, you know, that they, can talk, <laughs> they can talk to me about it, that mm-hmm. I'm not just a mum. I've actually had a life before that. And that was very useful for our relationship. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so talking about those, those stories that we have to share with our daughters leads nicely on to the next question um, because um, – guiding our beautiful daughters through the treacherous teenage years can be hard for for I think it is for most parents so you know what advice do you have that will allow us to support them um, without driving ourselves crazy in the meantime (laughs) (laughs) she says in a high-pitched voice (laughs) slightly frantic give me the answer to this question (laughs) I recognize that because my kids would always say if my boys was they would ask me how I was and if I wasn't great I would my voice pitches up yes. and they're like mum you're such a liar we know exactly <laughs> that you're not in a good space and I actually think Maxine I'll let you answer that question because you've had you have a view of how that was for you growing up and then I can chip in I think the biggest thing that I was given from you during that time in my life was your presence you you know mum had so many different roles she was running a very well part of running a very successful business and traveled lots and had two other kids so my brother and sister and myself and my dad also traveled a lot so there were so many things that were going on and had a very full plate day to day but I just remember that you know when we came home from school and she was there she was 100% there there was no phone there was no emails there was no being on the computer it was full presence and it may have only been for half an hour 45 minutes but she was there and if we needed her that was if we needed an ear or you know a hug or something she was always there 100% and I think that is you know it's not quantity it's the quality 
of the time that she was able to offer. Mm. And, and I guess um, what I was really, you know, I, I made some very clear choices. One was that I wanted to be present if um, I was going to be with the children, but also making time for me because I wanted them to see that I would make time for me. And that could be, you know, I had a like a little, um, what do you call those things, the steppers? Yeah. <laughs> like a little exercise machine that I would get on. Yeah, cross trainer and I would get on for 20 minutes and they knew those 20 minutes, they were mine. They wouldn't come and interrupt me. So it was teaching them to be respectful as well of each other's time. And if when we were coming together, it was just us together and we were completely connected. Mm. So, yeah, again, I think that's really, you know, because I can't serve – and intuitively, I didn't know how to, uh, intuitively I knew, but not to word it. I, I couldn't give from an empty cup. And my, filling my cup was exercising and spending the time out in nature um, to, so that I could, you know, maintain that level of energy that I was giving out. Mm. And what, what a simple thing as well, giving them your presence. It's mm. so easy to do, isn't it? But we find it so difficult. And I ha- I relate to you, Maxine, because I've got one of those steppers as well. And <laughs> yeah, and I go on it every single day. And I'm, I have to admit, I put Netflix on while I'm on it. But the girls know that's mum's time. Just leave her to it. Because, yeah. But it is, it's really important for our kids to know that mum needs time as well Um, life is not just about looking after them but what I find interesting and I don't know whether you'd agree with this but I think in society we have our children and then we if we're lucky we have some time off work while they're younger and then as they grow older we go back to work but in fact I think our kids need us more as teenagers than they do when they're younger. They just need to know you're there for them. Um, And by the time they're teenagers, a lot of mums are already back in full-time work and you're not around for these these little humans who are growing up and going through so much and need so much support. Would you agree that, you know, teenagers do need us just as much, if not more than when kids are younger? Yeah, they do. And I think, you know, in an in an ideal world type of thing, that would be definitely, it, it's just, I guess, you know, it's your circumstances. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't have that choice. And I think that's another level of, um, that we get, not burdened with, but we get exposed to that, you know, the guilt thing, you know, it's almost, you've got to be so careful as a parent not to feel guilty about the things you're doing because in, in our situation, you know, they're now in their mid-20s, all three of them. They're not coming back and sharing the things that they really took benefit of. And one of the things was that they got given independence at a fairly young age when they were teenagers because it made them quite responsible and able to look after themselves. So it, it really, it's so situational it's mm. uh, it, it's got to work for your fit as a family unit. It's got to work with your life and work situation. And, you know, it's I guess the thing that's really I find really critical is we always talked about, we had good communication about it. Mm. They knew why we were doing stuff, that this wasn't just, you know, we, we don't want to be with you guys, but sometimes we had to explain the why behind it as well, which made it a little bit easier. But yeah, if, you know, um, I'm, I think I'm also a little bit different that I've always known that I needed to have something outside of the children in terms of a career. Um, 
and I was okay with it. And I think that sort of, yeah, that dynamic worked for us. Yeah. But it actually made you, I think, a better mum because mum would have been miserable (laughs) if she had to just be (laughs) home all day looking after, you know, like for her that was just never an option. She loves being around people and having, you know, adult stimulation and if yeah if she wouldn't have been a great mum yeah. <laughs> she would have been angry or you know like she wouldn't have been happy well, we won't we won't it's hindsight well right? when we you spent know. too much time with us that would often happen she's like can't wait to get back to work yeah, no of course and I think I think if you you have to if you aspire to something in your life you have to aim for that as well and your kids watch you doing that and then that teaches them also to aspire to do something wonderful with their own life so what Watching mum work or have a business or just moving onwards and upwards in life is a great lesson for our kids, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah. So tell me, what have been some of your challenges as a mother and daughter? And I'm sure there have been many. And how did, <laughs> <laughs> how did you overcome <laughs> them? <laughs> yeah, like we have only got another eight minutes left. <laughs> so if we, we just have the major ones. <laughs> okay. well, how about that at all? Um, the major challenge was not being able to be there for Maxine at a time she, where she really needed me because of our breakup in the family unit and her therefore disconnecting from me for almost five years. That was probably the toughest um, part of my journey with raising kids. And that had an impact on lots of different things as well. It wasn't just the fact that we weren't communicating but, you know, it, it affected my health. It affected a lot of the things I was doing in my life back then. But it also created a great opportunity um, to reconnect to myself, to find out who I was, um, because I guess that's really, you know, something that did happen with us. Even though I had so many things happening, there was a little bit of loss on who I became, who I'd become and who I wanted to be and turn up as. So, yeah, that breakdown in our relationship, if you would have asked me, would that ever happen? I would have absolutely confidently said no, (laughs) but it did. Mm, And five years is such a long time, isn't it? You must have got to the point where you thought, this is is never going to change. This is just the way it is. And it's very frightening because it is the way it is for many um, breakups in families. They just don't ever talk again. No, so was, how do you come back from five years of not talking to one another and not being in each other's lives? It's what I think we started with a little bit earlier about, you know, not necessarily focusing on where we were because we were super close before all of that. And we, yeah, we were really like best friends and you wouldn't have, if you asked us at that time, if we would ever have a disconnect, we probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, but you know, there, there was a lot that goes on with the family unit transition and, you know, mother, father, like who do you want to support and all that sort of stuff. And I think we just needed to get to a point where we each individually were ready to own our side of the street and just show up differently and not keep retelling old stories if we wanted to make change because talking about all the stuff that happened and the things that we think the other person should change or how we should have changed doesn't change anything. It just keeps rehashing old things. So for us it was really about maybe talking isn't the right way and we were fortunate that at the time – 
a beautiful boxer came into my life and he played a huge role in reconnecting us because he was like the buffer. We didn't have to speak, but we would, you know, organize once a week. We would talk through him. Yeah, we would organize, <laughs> organize once a week where we would go for a walk and talk and he was, yeah, the icebreaker and he would, you know, do something funny or and he gave such unconditional love that it was kind of, yeah, a way for us to – kind of yeah reconnect and we started to cook together and just kind of we actually realized that we had a lot lot in common common. (laughs) and that we did actually like each other and I guess you know the opportunity that I remember one Christmas they came over and they didn't want to be there and I said look guys and this was probably one of the other hardest things to do I said look I don't feel that I can have a relationship continuing on like this and it was a big risk for me because it either meant they walked out and never came back or they would think about it, go away, and perhaps come back to, with me and say, okay, what can we do to rebuild this? And lucky, you know, for us that the second thing happened and we left the past in the past and we just created this new stuff and then found, as I said, that we actually had a lot of things in common and we liked each other lots. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a dynamic, isn't it? And as we grow and change, the dynamics of a family shift and you obviously needed that space in order to come back to the place that you you came back to and that's such a lovely story so thank you for sharing that with us and I hope anyone listening in who perhaps is having problems with their daughters um, in this way you know it gives people hope that it might take five years Um, but if it does it does but there's still um, a really good chance that you can reconnect again on a different and a, a better level but so my last question for you ladies what words of wisdom can you offer to the mums of daughters who are listening to go forth and build an authentic, happy connection with their daughters? Um, let and let live. Take the time to be there for each other. Um, act through love and, and be prepared to agree to disagree. Mm. Yeah. And for me, make space to do things together that you both enjoy and invite in ritual, fun, acceptance and gratitude. You're both doing the very best you can with the tools you have at any given moment. So recognizing the humanness in both of us is so important. Mm, recognize the mistakes that we all make I often say to my my kids look I've never been a mum before I'm just doing my best (laughs) I can't do any more than this Um, and I do get things wrong and I think as a mum also to be able to, to 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 be open and apologetic when you do get things wrong as well um you know and to accept that we're both on this journey and and we're all doing our best in it and we don't always get it right and that's okay um is a really important thing um and the other thing that I always say to my kids because we have the old oh I love you more no I don't I love you more I love you more. and I say to them I say one day you'll be a mum and only then will you understand I love you more <laughs> <laughs> nobody can love more than a mother loves a daughter or a, a parent loves a child but I, I, I refer to mothers and daughters. We always had the argument at home of because we've got three so they would always you know in their own time go like mum I'm your favourite and I and then you know the next one would come and I'd say okay it's like this Maxime you're my favourite eldest daughter yes <laughs> you're my favourite son because I only had one son and my youngest beau I would say you're my favourite youngest daughter so they were all in their way my favourites, but there was never, and they would always argue about that. Which we still do. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but it, and it's it's the, the thing is as well we always love our kids but we don't always like them I mean I might like one of my daughters more one day than I like the other just because of their behavior but the love is still the same it's just different <laughs> but look that's we're coming up to the end of our half hour so um before we finish up, can I ask one of you just to tell us about a special that you've got for our single mums um, and also where they can go if they'd like to find out a bit more about you and your business? Amazing, yes. So we have our ebook Mother Daughter Communication 101, which can be found on our website, maximumu.com.au. But, and if they purchase the ebook between November 21 and December 12, they can go into the draw to win a stunning doTERRA essential oils roller and diffuser bracelet. The blend is called Beautiful, and all they have to do to go in the draw is put Beanstalk Mums code at the checkout. Okay, that's perfect. All right. So um, I will put those details out when I put this podcast out live. Um, and there'll also be a link through from Beanstalk Mums going through to your website as well. So people should be able to find you nice and easily. But look, it's been wonderful chatting to you both today. Um, being a mother of two daughters, I can relate to pretty much everything that you're saying, uh, apart, from, <laughs> apart from the five-year gap. Um, but you know, you never know what's coming up in the future. But um, I've definitely learned lots to take away with me. Um, look, your ability to to work together as a mother-daughter team is an inspiration really and for me if I can have a relationship with my daughters like you two have when they're grown up um, then I will be one happy mum so thanks so much for taking the time to chat to me today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Pleasure. You're welcome and to all the single mums listening remember that as mums as I said we can only do our best and also remember that all mother-daughter relationships do have their ups and downs and their highs and lows, as we've talked about today. Um, but just take time to be present with your daughter or daughters. Um, let them be, and most importantly, always be there for them. Until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>